Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning into this broadcast. I want to say that this morning, this is the time and this is the place for us to give praise and to give worship to our God and our King. And I know you're probably sitting at home on your couch, in your lounge. Well, I want to invite, no, I actually want to challenge you to have an attitude and a heart of worship, to say, Lord, at this time, now in this place, I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna bring all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my strength, all of my might and my will. And I'm gonna give you praise and glory right here in my living room. And as we do that, let the atmosphere be changed and shifted as we give praise and glory to the one, the one who is worthy of all of our praise. And so as we sing the song, you're the God of the city, make it as a proclamation, the God of your home, the God of the city, the God of this nation, how we honor you and lift you up, Lord Jesus. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. And there is no one like our God. And there is no one like City. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. And there is no one like God. Come 
give hope and you restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. It's your
Jesus, forever Jesus. 
I stand here in awe of your holiness, Lord, draw near to me and cover me here in this sacred place, overshadowed by grace, I'll tread lightly. On holy ground, come like a rushing wind and sweep me off my feet, Jesus, Jesus, and I lift my hands to welcome your presence, creation
trust that today you are well. It's an honor and a privilege again to be having this moment to share God's word with you. I would like to take the scripture and this morning as we unpack the word of God to really look at something that I have felt for quite some time the Lord talking to me about and that is in the area of rest. And this morning I want just to look into the scripture in Mark chapter 6. We will read from verse 30 to 32. Mark chapter 6 verse 30 to 32. We're going to read in the NIV UK version. And this is what it says. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Come to me, come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. And this morning, Father Lord, we want to take the moment and just to look at your word again, that you are inviting us into come by yourself with me to a quiet place and get some rest. Thank you, Father Lord, that your word speaks all the time. And as we look into it, may you Settle some things and may you say exactly, Lord, our next step, Lord, in resting in you, Lord. And what does that mean for us this morning? Thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I would like to speak about this topic. And I have called it the rhythms of pausing. Rhythms of pausing. What is the rhythm of pausing? What does this mean when we say you need to have a rhythm of pausing? Interesting enough, in the Bible, when we read, we read about Jesus and his disciples. More than once we hear that Jesus went away to a quiet place to pray. Jesus went to a mountain to pray. He went to this hill and he was praying there. Every time we hear that after Jesus 
has done this massive ministry, you know, event, you know, feeding the 5,000 or something that he has touched somebody to, to be healed. Jesus, every single time, he takes time to go and be by himself. And so in the scripture, it's something similar. Jesus had sent out, when you read the scripture from the beginning in Mark chapter 6, Jesus has, has sent out the 12. They have gone to pray for people. They've delivered people from demons. They've healed some. And all these events are happening throughout the day as if. And Jesus, he's now with his disciples. They're all back. They're all reporting to him with excitement what they had done, what was going on. And Jesus says to them when all these things were happening, people going in and out. And this is just continuing the whole time. Jesus says to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and rest. God is so concerned about our rest, about us taking time out to just rest. And so this morning, I would like to highlight four main things that scripture throughout keeps on saying it to us in different ways, in different expressions, but especially through the life of Jesus. He was a busy man. I mean, imagine three years doing ministry like Jesus. He was very busy with his disciples, but he made time to rest. Why is this so important? <clears throat> in Genesis, we read the fact that, you know, Jesus, God himself in the flesh, the Trinity, they were designing the earth. And on the sixth day, we see that they rest, God rests. And it's as if to show us that rest is important. God doesn't need rest. He is a spirit and he's all powerful, but he models how this is so important for us to do, how it's so important for us to practice in our own daily lives. And so I wonder, how are you doing with your rhythms of pausing? How are you taking time out in these moments that we live in? If you think about this year, just alone this year, I can imagine one already feels so overwhelmed, isn't it? One feels like there's just so much. It's like two years in one year, <laughs> this year alone, you know. There's so much that has gone on in our nation, in our personal lives. And these things are really, really so important that we acknowledge that God still remains true. He still remains the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so rest is part of walking with the Lord. It's part of walking and working with him. And so this morning, as I'm just wanting to highlight, I want to just make these words to continue to resound. And I pray that you would resonate with these words when I say that because of our relationship with the Lord, because of we know who Jesus is and what God has done through Jesus, because of this, we have hope. God is like an ocean whereby there's this chaos going around in this ocean. And God for us is the island of hope. God for us is an island of hope. In the, in the midst of this ocean of chaos, God is our island of hope. We can stand firm in him. We can look to him. We can cry out to him. We can find our rest in him. And so this morning, as I highlight these points, I want us to start from there. Surrounded by an ocean of chaos, God being our island of hope. I want to highlight the first point. And the first point is this. Rest affords us a time of reflection. Rest affords us a time of reflection. Reflection from what? Reflection with the Lord, reflection for the, the world that we live in, the year that we have, we have gone through, reflection from the fact that God is, is the one who, who continues to hold us even when things are so hard, even when things are so challenging. You know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is something else. But we know who owns tomorrow. We know who holds our hope and our lives. And so in this time, the Lord is still good. And he 
offers us an opportunity where we can take time out, where we intentionally have to take time out to be able to rest in him. We rest in the Lord by reading the word, by listening to a good song, but other people do it differently. We are all different people, but you need to find that pause moment, that pause point that you can take and rest in him, that you can take and rest and hear what he's got to say in your heart, to wait upon the Lord. I would like to even encourage that you would have like a journal where you can write down something that the Lord is saying, because that is where we can draw our rest in him. And so it's so vital that we take time now to just reflect on the Lord in, in this month of December, reflect on the Lord, reflect on, on, on this year, what has taken place in, in this year, you know, uh, re reflect and take time and look and say, God, I want to be able to take this time. And you can do a personal aspect introspection and you, you, you look at yourself and you say, what is going on? What am I thinking about? What is influencing what I think? And so when we take time and we rest and we make this time to reflect on who the Lord is, what the year has, has gone and, and what has happened in the year on our personal aspect, what is it that God wants us to reflect on? and that we would write it down because it's important that we know what God is saying to us. And so that is the first point. The rest affords us time to reflect. The main thing is this. When Jesus, for example, in Mark chapter, uh, in Mark chapter 6, we, we see how he's speaking to his to his disciples, but also in, in Mark chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus is, is, is talking to his disciples and he's saying to them, guys, you know, you are asking me about these parables. You are asking me about what these parables are all about. What, what am I saying to people? Why do I speak to people in, in parables? And, and Jesus explains to his disciples when they were asking him this. He, he reveals to them the fact that he speaks with others in parables, but to them he will reveal the kingdom and the secrets of the kingdom of God. And you might think, yeah, but Jesus, why don't you reveal this to everybody? Why don't you just speak in plain language? Why are you exclusively unpacking the parables, for example, to the disciples? In Mark 34, we can draw again that whole scripture that teaches us that with God, it's so important that we draw near and we can hear his heart for us. Nobody can hear, you know, the Lord's heart for you. You know, you, they can share a word of encouragement and give you exhortation. But the Lord reveals, the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, that the God, God reveals his secrets to those that are drawing near to him, to those that are obedient and those that trust in him. He reveals himself to them. And so with the disciples, it's almost like an exclusive relationship with God where he could interpret all these parables for them to get a grasp of it because God is an intimate God. He longs for a relationship with us. But how do we do it? How do we do it when we do not set aside time to be with him and reflect on who he is? And so let us take time to reflect on the Lord in this month of December. Let us take time to see what he has done in the year. Let us take time to allow him to do an introspection in our lives. The second point I would like to highlight is this. Rest affords us a time of replenishment. Rest affords us a time of replenishment. We can be replenished, and this is clearly body, soul, our, our emotions, our spirit, we have to make time for our bodies and our spirit, our, our souls to be rejuvenated. And sometimes we think it's not so important because I still feel energetic. I still feel like I can continue doing what I'm doing until one day we can't do it anymore and our bodies do not want to continue anymore. 
interesting that Jesus doesn't make it anything spiritual in the scriptures we've just read around, around chapter 6, verse 31 to 32, where he says to me, come to me, come, come with me by yourselves, meaning that come as you are and, and, and come to a quiet place, come and rest. Why would God say that? It's so important that we rest because rejuvenation of our bodies is so, so important for us to continue to do what God has called us to be. We just spoke about the front lines. How are you gonna do the front lines when you're exhausted? <laughs> I don't think it's gonna work. I think, I think it's something that's not really wise to do. Emotions, if you are, in, we are, we are totally broken and you have no capacity whatsoever emotionally to carry more, maybe this year in your family circle, in your friendship circle, whatever circle that you find in, in your work, in your work state, you find yourself exhausted. You are thinking, God, I cannot even take one more step. I am finished. I am spent. And I want to encourage you that perhaps this morning God is calling you. He's saying, come with me to a quiet place and rest. Rest, just take it and breathe and know I'm near, know that I'm close. Jesus purely did it that they can physically, physically be revitalized. Physically, you know, if they, have, they want to go and have a nap under a tree or something, that they would be able to do exactly that. Maybe you don't have naps in the day. Maybe, maybe you, you like to rather play, do something totally different from, from what you normally do in terms of play, and that can fill your emotions. Find that one thing that can help you to do that. I want to encourage you, take time to rest so that your body, your soul, and your spirit can be rejuvenated, just like Jesus did with his disciples. If Jesus and his disciples needed rejuvenation, how much more do you, do you need it? How much more do I need it? We all need to be rejuvenated. Find something. Go out. Go to some place where you've never been. I remember one time in one year, I was so exhausted. I think it was around 2018, 2019. I was so tired. And it was my son's birthday, and we had to do something for him. And we came up with an idea of how about we drive to this Garden of Lights in, in Jobek. And we went there, and it was so, so refreshing. It was so rejuvenating for me. I, f I felt like, you know, it's just like I can, I can go on again. And it's exactly what I needed. Find what works for you. Find what, what's, what helps you to be rejuvenated. Body soul, and spirit. The third point I would like to highlight is this. Rest affords us time to reassess our priorities. It helps us to be able to assess where we find ourselves, how, how things are going in terms of our work, family, and social. And so it's important that we understand those things are key because we encounter those things every single day, isn't it? And so it's maybe time in this month that you can just sit and reassess again. Jesus, I know for a fact, he did this with his disciples. In Mark chapter 8, verse 27, it seems like he's only with his disciples. And Jesus asks them this question and he says to them, who do the people say I am? Who do the people think that I am? You know, in terms of, you know, am I, am I something special? Am I, who am I? Who did the people say I am? He asks his disciples. Some disciples responded and said, ah, some think that you are Elijah, some think that you are a, a, a prophet, and, and, and some, things, some, some people even think that you are John the Baptist, you know, you just, you just got raised from the dead in a different shape, and, and look, you know, I can imagine what Jesus thought about that. It's like, yo, hi, guys, come on, <laughs> just relax, I'm not, I'm not any of that. And then Peter gives this revelation that you are the Messiah, the son of a living God, and this is what is revealed. But interesting, why would Jesus ask such a question? You see, because he was exclusively with his disciples, spending time with them, away from the crowds, away from the normal 
pace and routine of life, he was checking to reassess and helping them to reassess, are they believing the right thing? Do they know why they're doing what they're doing? In your workplace, is it the place that God has still called you to be? What has God been saying to you about your family, about your social life, friendship circle? What is God saying to you? Perhaps this month, it's an opportunity to take time out and rest in him. And as you rest in him, that you would be able to reassess your priorities. What is God saying to you about that? What is God highlighting in your life around your priorities? Can you enter the year with the same, the new year with the same priorities that you have today? And so it's important that we, we step in that and we say, God, help us as we look again and we reassess. So rest affords us a time to reassess our priorities. The fourth thing I would like to highlight is this. Rest affords us the time to re-enhance our efforts. You see, if you re-enhance your efforts, it means you already know what you want to do, how you want to do it. But resting gives you the opportunity to be more creative, to be more strategic, and to be able to approach maybe the same thing, the same job you've been doing, maybe the same thing in your family, the same thing in your finances, the same, the same thing in your fitness, whatever that you are doing, rest affords you a different approach. It gives you the approach to do it slightly different because you've taken the time to rest. And this is so important because when we re-enhance our efforts, we get far more out of the same thing than we ever did because now we have a new way of looking at it because we've taken time to rest. And so the word of God encourages all of us that we must take time to rest. We must take time to just allow ourselves just alone and to be able to connect again with the Lord and to hear him from a quiet place, him speaking to us, about what we need to reflect on, him speaking to us about what we need to do to be replenished, what we need to reassess and to be able to be re-enhanced into our efforts. So I wonder, how are you doing with your pausing? How are you doing with your rhythms? How are you doing with rest? Are you able to say, Physically, right now, I feel awesome. I can, go, <laughs> I can go another six months like this. Or are you feeling weary? Or are you feeling down? Or are your emotions completely spent and you feel, I cannot do it. And I really feel the Lord is calling each one of us. And he's saying, come, I want you to rest and rest in me. Not in activities, but rest in me. And the Lord will show you what is it that will rejuvenate what is it that will help you to connect in a way that is deeper again? Because it's so crucial that you understand that as you do that, God will help you to be able to get the best out of what he has for you. So I want to just encourage you to think about these things, to draw near to him, to understand what he's saying to you, and to go ahead and do it. Write it down, as I've mentioned before, because it's dead important. I want to end up with this story of a man. He's a, an American surgeon. He's a, he's a medical uh, doctor. His name is Atul Gawande. He wrote a book called The Checklist Manifesto. And in this book, he's talking about the pause points for doctors, for surgeons and doctors when they're about to operate. And the first one that he, is this, is that they must stop and pause before they put the anesthesia on a person. So the anesthesia must, the anesthetic, they must check and everything to make sure that what they put on the, the, the gas and everything else, it's a pause point before they put anesthesia on the person. The second thing that he mentions that they need to pause is in, before insertion, before they cut, before they start with the process of operating, they need to pause and check is everything in place. And then obviously the last one that he puts, it's around the fact that they have to check 
when they are done with the operation, if everything is, is complete and if everything is still on the table. And just using that method of posing before the anesthesia, just posing before the incision, just posing before they complete and they leave the operation table, they had made such a big change in the medical fraternity. Atul happened to have changed this whole thing. And by, by that time when his process were, were, were being practiced in the medical center, in the medical fraternity, when the other hospitals and other doctors in their operation rooms, when they started to do this, it dropped all the incidents by 37%. All the incidents of things that could have gone so wrong and cost people's lives, they were dropped by 37%. And guess what? The death rate dropped by 47%. Imagine that. 47%, the, the death rate dropped. All because they just paused on just, just those three things. If Atul Gawande and the other doctors are practicing this just for the operation table and in the operation room, how much more spiritually do we need to pause? How much more spiritually do we need to take time and rest and allow ourselves to reflect on the Lord, allow ourselves to be replenished and to allow ourselves to reassess our priorities and to allow ourselves to re-enhance our efforts? How much more do we need that? And this is to encourage, not to condemn, and I want to encourage you, ask the Lord, find that one thing. You know it. I know you do. That one thing that when you do it, you are so happy. You are so full. You love the Lord. You love life. And you look forward to do more. Find that one thing. If you're not sure, ask somebody. But don't just let it slide. Because God is calling us that in this ocean of chaos, we may be found firmly on an island of hope. Let me pray for you. As you are there, perhaps just to open your hands and just to say, Lord, I desire that you may fill me again with the Holy Spirit, that you may refill me, Lord, with strength. And I pray that for each one of you, as you reach out like that, that the Lord would fill you just right where you are, that you would be filled by his Spirit, that you would feel invigorated and happy and full of joy again to look at life because the Lord is your rest. Father, I pray for your children, Father, everybody listening, everybody watching, I pray in the name of Jesus, may your rest come, Father, and just Holy Spirit pour upon each and every person who says, Lord, I am done, I am finished, I can't do this anymore. I am weary, Lord. I do not have strength. I do not have capacity. Father, Lord, these empty vessels, I ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would fill them again, that you will give them your love, Lord, and that, Lord, you would replenish everything that they feel they, they've lost in this, in this last two years, in this year. And, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, may your hope reign again because they call upon the name of the Lord, and they rest in you. In the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you that your word encourages us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28, that we must come to you, all of us, Lord, who are weary and heavy laden, for your burden is light and your yoke, Lord, is easy. I pray, Father, Lord, that the people would find rest, that we would find, I would find rest in you, Lord, in this time, that I can enter the new year because I've been with you in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you, you may have a blessed week. Try one thing this week that can give you rest as you walk with him in Jesus' name. Have a blessed week. Amen.